If you can join me uh, to, to focus on this morning's text dealing with being a unifying church member. We have, uh, Ephesians 4th chapter verses 1 to 3. We read this morning for our reading and devotional to meditate on 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, affectionately known as the love chapter. Uh, but I will preach from this morning, Ephesians 4th chapter, verse 1 through 3, on the subject matter of being a unifying church uh, member. I'll be reading from the New Living uh, Translation. The Word of God reads to us this way. If you're not there, say, hold on. Amen. I'll hold on. Hopefully, we, we arrive to the same conclusion together. So keep you, try your best to keep your Bible open. Try not fall asleep. We're going to be right here. We're going to be right here. Amen. Amen. I see less pages turning. It sounds like we are there. Unless you got a gadget it's, that's slowly moving. All right. All right. Look, we got there. Ephesians 4th chapter, verses 1 to 3. Reading from the New Living Translation. says, Therefore I... A prisoner for serving the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an all allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Praise God for his words. You may be seated. Dealing with the subject matter, I will be a unifying church member. Dealing with the topic, I am a church member. We're trying to biblically define what it means to be a biblical church member. Can someone say biblical? We're not going to deal with what it means to be a social club member what it means to be a civic unity member, a fraternity or sorority member, but we are talking about being a member of the body of Christ, especially known as the church, and we want to see what does the Bible say about that. And so being a unifying church member means that I will work at being at one with one another. I heard I, I, I had to say the word work at it because you, you understand it's not easy. It's not always easy. It's not always easy getting along with people. If some of us told the truth right now, some of us wouldn't get along with the people at our house on our way to get here this morning. Somebody took too long in the bathroom. Somebody did, didn't, didn't get the coffee right. Someone didn't make the bacon right. Somebody did something wrong. Somebody was just late getting dressed. There's sometimes we just don't get along. But yet, because I work at getting along, I get along. I'm not talking to somebody here this morning. So unity is, is the state of being one. Oh, glory be to God. And, 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 and what we talked about last week, that being a functioning church member, meaning that everybody has their function. Oh, glory be to God. Think about how the hand is a part of the body. And so you don't have to say, I have a body. When you say, I have a body, it's understood you have a hand. 
When someone does not have a hand, then we have a, a disclaimer about someone's by how they may have a handicap or a prosthesis. We start fully defining about the body. But the funny thing is this, that even the brain understands that you should have an extension at the end of your wrist that if somebody cut it off, you feel, your brain still thinks there's a hand there. That's what they call the phantom signal, that they still want to scratch, but they're going to nub themselves. And that's what happens. So imagine this. Imagine this. You are a part of the body of Christ, but you don't feel a part of the body of Christ. I guarantee you cut off your fingers, get something in your eye, you're going to wish you had some fingers. What I'm trying to point out that we need each and every one of us. Everybody's important part of the body. That's why we need to be united as one. Because we need to work at it. And so working at, look at verse 3, it says we need to work at keeping peace. New Living Translation says make every effort. Some say be diligent. But we need to make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. There's a blessing in unity. Psalms 1 through 3 say behold how pleasant it is. For brothers to dwell together in unity is like a precious ointment upon, Aaron said, even going down to his bed, even down to the hymns of his garment. It is like a fresh dew coming from the Mount of Heron where God pronounced his blessings life forevermore. Even Jesus, when he was on the mountaintop giving his sermon on the mount, said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Do you understand? There's a blessing in unity. Not even the psalmist talks about how blessed it is when brethren draw together in unity. Jesus pointed out there's a blessing in those who are working at keeping unity. Blessed are the what? The peacemakers. The ones that are working at keeping the peace. Tell you never, you got to work at it. And so when we work at this, when we work at this, we realize there's some qualities that's involved in it. And, and because there's some qualities involved in it, that's why Paul urged them. He begged them. He beseeched them. You see it right there in, in, in verse 1. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. You have been called by God. Oh, glory be to God. You see that if we are a part of the body of Christ and we have to, we receive this calling, now we need to walk worthy of this calling. Do you understand that when someone is, is, is definitely as a police officer, there's, a, there's a, a way to describe a police officer that may not have done something illegal, may not have, have done something that was above the law, but they may have done something that, that was still within their rights, but yet they use the term this, not becoming as an officer. They could have done it in street clothes. They could have got away with it. But because they were in their officer's uniform and they do a behavior that's not becoming of an officer, they can be reprimanded for that. We too need to realize that if I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God, there's some actions that I must do. And when I do these actions, people are looking at me and say, is that becoming of a Christian? Because there's some qualities that I need to do to walk worthy, because someone say worthy. Worthy means something that is worthwhile, that has a purpose, that has value. And if there's some value to my Christianity and to my membership, then it should be exemplified in my daily actions. Y'all quiet on me. Look at these qualities. It says, you should have humility. 
be able to have self-abasement or lowliness of mind. We should have gentleness, or which means to be considerate, not being forceful to get one's way. We should be patient, and another translation will say long-suffering, being able to endure. And then it says we need to have forbearance or be able to make allowance to bear or to endure with other people's irritations. And all this is done in what? In love. So you see, in, in, in me working to be a unified member, I got to work at my humility. I got to work at having a low mind. Let's, let's, let's work at having a low mind. When I work at having a low mind, I start realizing and reminding myself that it's not about me. It's a sad state that the book talks about how you can go to a church meeting and if somebody is not a member of that church, they sat in that church meeting, they, will, they will, might be asking themselves, am I at a church meeting? I, I thought the church had love. I thought the church had mercy. I thought the church had forgiveness. But y'all doing a whole lot of yelling, doing a whole lot of fighting, and attacking one another there. I don't think I'm in a church meeting. And so when we start looking at humility, it means this, that I might be able to put myself low enough that I'm not the cause of the issue when it comes time to discussion. Because opinions are like belly buttons. Everybody has one. And so therefore, I need to respect yours as I want you to respect mine. But yet, I don't have to say mine's the best because I came up with it. But I must be willing to give it and let, allow it to be rejected or accepted the same I will do yours. But sometimes we get so high and mighty. Well, that just don't make any sense. I don't know why you brought that. Or, well, 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 you not handle it the right way. Be low. Because sometimes your stuff don't make any sense, but people just quiet. So we need to have a low state of mind, not think of ourselves higher than we ought to. Then comes gentleness, meaning considerate, not being forceful to get one way. Here's some gentleness. Gentleness is this, gentleness is this, that you could tell somebody what to do. I need you to go outside and do this and do that. And they got to do it because you're in a place of authority, they're in a position that that's what they're supposed to do. Gentleness would say, hey, can you join me to go outside and get this done? All right, you got to start it. I'll be right back and check on you later. Y'all see the difference? Both is getting the same title, but one did it gentle. I'd be happy to work with you. That sounds good. The other person, I don't like that boy, always just telling me what to do, yelling at me, doing all these things. Gentleness. We need to realize that I don't have to demand my way. I can be gentle and work with people. Patience. 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 Long-suffering. Able to tolerate and put up with some stuff, able to endure. When we have patience means that this, that think about how we're in a part of a church and things change in the church. Sometimes we need to liken the church to a big ship. And if you know anything about a big ship, it can't just turn around on a dime. It takes a long time for that ship to turn around. And so the same situation with us, that we need to be able to be patient and things may not be going the direction that we're going, but just hold on, it might be changing. <laughs> but it takes some time for things to change. Sometimes when we have patience, we start, we start hearing see these words that destroy a church. 
These are the words that destroy a church when you don't have patience. We never done it like this before. Well, we're saying that I don't got time to put up with this because we always done it this way, so I don't have time for your change. And since we've never done it like this before, I'm going to go tell somebody else that you, you're new, but I'm going to let you know that we've never done this before. I don't know why they're doing That's not patience. Because when you have patience, you're able to endure and put on, check this out, it says forbearance. Now, this forbearance, it says to make allowance for other people, is this, that, that realizing that if we look around this church and start realizing that if I look around, I find out there's a lot of uh, different individuals in this place, and we all have different issues in our lives. And if we decide to really to get real with one another, we're going to find out that we really don't have that much difference. Someone try to walk around like our marriage is perfect, my job is perfect, my life is perfect, and when someone get next to you, you want to be all holy and thou talking to them, and, and the problem is you need them to talk to you to encourage you, because you're trying to put on airs like you got it together, knowing you're about to fall apart when you go home. We need to be able to come and say, you know what, I love you and I can put up with you and I can love on you and encourage you, not tear you down and break you down, but build you up as you build me up. I need some encouragement. That's when you bear with one another. Because if you are true with it, you think about how most relationships last. Most relationships last because you could put up with other people's mess. Some people say, well, how can you put up with such and such? It's oftentimes, this is the truth of the matter. You say, I didn't know about it. And the reason why you don't know about it, because you done forgot. You pay, you know, see them do it so much time, you just forgot. That's what they do. I don't pay much attention to that anymore. Because you have made allowance to put up with that. They, they squeeze the tube. They don't roll it up from the bottom. Leave the toilet seat up. They don't, they don't put the towels back. Whatever it is. You get used to, you just come on in, so I'm going to brush my teeth anyway, you know. I'm going to close the door, use the restroom anyway. It, it don't matter. I'm used to this. We can put up with it. I see some of y'all looking at my wife. She trained me already. The toilet seat always down. Don't, don't worry about that. And so when you look at the things that we do, we realize that I can put up with that because why? I love you. And because I love you, I can work with you. I'll, I'll be humble. I'll be gentle. Cassius, Cassius, I want this again to make sure that we understand that love is not an emotion. Love is a choice. Because if it was based on an emotion, a lot of us would not be here today because we had another choice. We could have cho- chose something else to how we felt. You looked out, saw the frost on your car, so they don't take all that. <laughs> Might as well stay there. I'm waiting for it. There's no more snow. That's when I'm going to come on out. But we made a choice that I woke up this morning, I'm going to do what's all required to get me to where I want to be. Same thing with the choice of love. Lord, I choose to do what is required and to show love, which means I will be humble, I'll be gentle, I'll be patient, I'll make allowance, I will endure, I'll be forbearing towards one another. And I do this in love because love is kind, love is gentle, love does not boast, love does not uh, uh, rejoice over wrongdoing, it is not proud of what it endures all things, hopes all things. Love never fails. But you can speak in tongues, you can do all those things, but without love it means absolutely nothing. I want you to think about it real quick. Do you want to mean something or mean nothing? Think about that. Because you can mean nothing, do everything you want, but you don't have any love. It's worth nothing. 
So love takes work. This is what takes work. Make every effort to keep the unity. Be healthy. Be healthy. How do you be healthy? Healthy means this, that there's no illness or no disease, no disharmony. So it says this, that spare no effort. Make every effort to do your best and never let it rest. I had the same, we said I had to say it every time at freshman orientation in college. We had to go back to the dorm and the lady would get us and says, you know, good, better, best. Don't, don't, don't never let it rest. Till your good is better and your better is best. Said it every time. That's why I still remember that. But I remember that. That she was encouraged us to always do everything we can to do our best effort. Spare no effort means this, that when you're working to have unity amongst the body of Christ, check this, there's going to be someone that's going to get on your last nerve, and it's going to be the one you least suspect. And you're going to say, I don't care about that person anymore. They said, no better. They're supposed to serve in the church. That's the pastor going to talk to me like that. Well, you need to make every effort. Oh, y'all quiet on me. To make peace. Means is that I will go to my brother and father, share with them how they sinned against me. I will pray for them and realize if there is something I have done wrong and say, Lord, if it was something I have done wrong, then I will leave my offering and go and make it right with my brother. Then get back with the church. I will make every effort. I won't say, there they go again. I'm going to walk past and not say anything again. But I'm going to make every effort come by to them and put a smile on my face. Even my face got a crack and say, it's good to see you. Can we talk? Because I have to share something with you. We have to work hard at it. I, I said that right. Work hard at it. It's not easy. It's, you got to work hard at it. Now, my, I might make myself sit next to somebody that got on my last nerves. So I can pray with them when it comes time to come to the altar. Because I want to pray for you, not curse you. Not talk about you. I, I want to be healthy because someone say Healthy. Because if when I'm being healthy, that means my body's in good status. You know, you got to work hard to be healthy. Am I right about it? You got to eat right. You got to exercise a lot of things. You, gotta, you can't just sit there and say, oh, I'm healthy, but I'm never going to eat right. Then something's going to go wrong. So you got to work hard to be healthy. Not only that, you got to work hard in unity to keep the harmony. Meaning this, that if I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to be harmonious, I will not be a gossiper. Y'all quiet on me. To gossip is to give idle chat and to say some things that may not even be true and oftentimes don't have any facts. You're going by what somebody else told you that you want to tell somebody else. And then you ended up, you didn't hear that from me. As a gossip, you are a cancer. What is a cancer? A cancer is a disease that's uncontrolled, mm, 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 mm. uncontrolled and divisive, mm, 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 mm. uncontrollable and divisive. I'm going to say it one more time. Uncontrollable and divisive. Which means is there's not under the influence of the Holy Spirit and it's causing division, not unity. A cancer is tearing the body apart, not bringing the body together. That's why in order for the body to heal, they got to get rid of the cancer. Watch out. So whatever they got to do, they got to cut it out, take it out, kill it out. Whatever they're trying to do, they're trying to get rid of what's causing the division. 
So we need to start realize, am I causing harmony or disharmony? And, and the beautiful thing about harmony, what I love about harmony, I love about harmony is this, that if you ever go to an, an orchestra and go and you get there early enough to sit down, and you see everybody sitting down with their instruments, and you hear the sound, and you're like, what are they doing? You know they're all playing the same note. They all are playing the same note, but it sounds different because they're trying to get on tune. But they sound good when they play together because a certain note has to be played for a certain instrument at the same time as another instrument for them to have harmony. And when they have harmony, that's when we got some good music. We want some good music? That means that I have to play my note when it's time for me to play my note. Not play my note out of, t- out of, out of time, but on time. Because if I'm off time, I'm out of harmony. But if I'm on time, I'm in harmony. And sometimes, check this out, check this out. You may not play until the end of the song. So just wait. Just like that man that had that triangle was waiting for the end for the crescendo just to go ding. But yet he made the song complete. Because without him, there was no end. So he had to wait. He was nervous and sweating. But he hit his note. We need to realize that I may not be the soloist. I may not be the lead. I may not be the conductor. But I am a part of this body. And so I'm part of the harmony. I'm part of being healthy. Because when we're healthy, cast this, cast this. When we're healthy, then we're whole. I want you to look how Jesus showed us how to keep harmony. He was not a source of gossip. Jesus could have been a source of gossip. When they, when they were leaving him, he says, I, did not, I not choose you? One of you is a devil. He could have done busted him out. Say, that boy Judas right there. Could have busted him out. But he kept a harmony. Even in the text, you can read, and, and I believe it's in John, that he says this, that he wanted to, them to save, he, they could have saved that money that she was pouring out on Jesus. But he said he was not concerned about the money. He was a thief. They found him out to be a thief. The keeper of the treasure box was dipping in the money. They could have busted him out. Jesus could have busted him out. Why you keep on stealing, Judas? Peter, take care of my lightweight. Peter would have beat him down. You know, Peter was, was hot-tempered. And so when we are a cancer, we allow things to, just, to bring unhealthiness to our membership. But yet Jesus realized that I'm here to serve and love, that he showed I will cover, I will toler, I will bear. He said, I will put up with all of you. And even one of you is a devil. One of you going to curse me out. One, uh, some of you are going to leave and flee me. But that's all right. I'm going to be here because I came here to keep unity. So Paul shows us this in Colossians 3rd chapter, verses 12 through 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly, uh, dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Sounds familiar? Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Another way for us to be healthy and to be whole is to understand how to put on love. Look, look, look closely here. When it says put on love, there's someone this that when you perfect, there's this love that binds everything together is after forgive. 
And it says, forgive as who? As the Lord forgives. Can I highlight this for you real quick? Because there's somebody going to tell you how you need to forgive, but you need to forgive how the Lord forgives. Some people forgive this way. They'll forgive you till next week. Let it happen again. And I'm going to show you what my forgiveness looks like. But the Lord forgives. It's not a time stamp on his forgiveness. First John 1 and 9 says, tell us that if we are, I'm sorry, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so we forgive as the Lord has forgiven. Check this out. That means we need to learn to forgive others over and over again, which means this. They keep on doing this to me. Keep on forgiving them. How many times I got to keep on forgiving them until you die? Because if I forgive as the Lord has forgiven, I will forgive you as many times as it takes. I will not hold a grudge against you. I will have not animosity towards you, but I will love you. The Bible tells you even love your enemies. You can understand that. So even that person keeps on hurting you, sounds like they're your enemy, still love them. What do you mean I got to love them? Because we want to do what God says, not what the world says. Proof in point, think about it, how married couples should not get advice from single people. Because they don't give you single advice. If he did that to me, I would leave him. Shoot, think I'm playing. That's single advice. Go to America, we need to work on it. Love on them, forgive on them. Try to work it out. Couple advice. That's why we don't go for world advice. We go to God's advice. God tells us, love them. world tells you, beat them down. God will say, pray for them. The world will say, curse them out. And then get on Facebook and blast them out. And then troll them on Twitter. Just do everything you can to destroy their reputation. But the Bible says, pray for them. Go through them in private. You see how the world wants you to do one thing, to, to break division and animosity. How God wants us to have peace and to have unity because we will have humility, we'll have gentleness, we'll have patience, and we'll have forbearing just like our Lord and Savior. Because look what our Lord has done for us. Did he not sow patience with us? The Bible tells us while we were yet still sinners. While we're yet enemies of the cross, he died to make peace. He died to unify us to him. Check this out. Check this out. He even tolerated our mess. Isaiah says it right, that our chastisement was upon him. He was bruised for our transgressions. He took our pains. He took our suffering. He bore it for us. And he did this willingly. Even, even to the point that it had him in agony in the garden. He says, Lord, if this could pass over me, but would not my will be done, but what? Thy will be done. Let me help somebody out. There's going to be some time it's going to hurt to forgive somebody, but you need to be just like Jesus. Fall down on your knees. And so, Lord, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And Cassius, Cassius, he prayed that more than once. So that means, if you need to go back to God some more times, so for more strength, pray to him. He's right there. 
to strengthen you and to encourage you to come to him. Let me throw this one in for free. If you notice, too, you go into, he he fell down, y'all. Some of us need to learn how to fall down before the Lord. And so, Lord, I need you. That's the humility to abase ourselves and bring ourselves low before him so he can lift us up. So we see what Christ has done for us. He's forgiven us. He's loved on us. He's been patient with us. So if we look to our left, look to our right, look who's not here, and we start thinking, have I done the same to them? Have I been forgiving? Have I been loving? Have I been caring? Have I been patient? Have I been gentle? And I just encourage you, I encourage you, I encourage you this, to go to that person and say, you know what? I wasn't gentle in this, in this issue, and I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Don't come tell them, say, I wasn't gentle because you said this to me. If you say it to me again, I'm going to smack in your mouth. But no, say, just say what you did wrong. Don't try to point out what somebody else did. That's how we try to apologize to people. We want to apologize to people and tell them what they did wrong. Like that's going to make it right. Now, I'm sorry that I responded when you said I look like so-and-so and I said you look like this. I should have said, I'm sorry for what I said to you, and I should not have said it. Now, if they want to apologize, that's on them. You did your job. You are to do what God has called you to do. You can't tell somebody else what to do. You can encourage them they open up. But, yeah, you need to get yourself right with God. And so when we become the change we want to see as God is changing us, it becomes easy to help somebody else to bring change. So next time that you realize that you started, you started God's and now you're trying to stop it, when they come back to you, say, you know, let's pray about it. I was wrong for what I said. Let us pray about it. I guarantee they'll stop coming to you because they're going to stop praying. Because they want to still gossip. It's kind of gossip. It's kind of hard to pray from somebody and talk about the same breath. Lord, can you bless so so you know they don't get right. And you know they just do wrong, but Lord, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be more patient with them, but they get on my last nerves. That don't sound right, do it. And you got some people that are praying like their heart's not right. So we need to lift someone up and say, Lord, help me to be more loving, more caring to somebody. This is the problem that oftentimes we're trying to change people and we're not trying to change ourselves. He says, I encourage you to be more humble. To walk worthy of the calling that God has given you. To strive. So each one of us have, has a responsibility to say, I am responsible for the unity and the peace. I am responsible to make every effort and never let it rest. And try to encourage each and every one to in peace and unity by what? By my actions. By me being humble. By me being meek. By me being gentle. And Cassius, sometimes I got to take the bruises just for the healing to begin. Because that's what Jesus did. He took our chastisement. He took our punishment for healing to begin. And sometimes you may be fully right, but you don't want to be wrong inside of the Lord. And you come to that person and say, you know what, can you forgive me? And you know in your heart that you, didn't, you don't feel you did anything wrong, but you realize that person is hurt. You say, can you forgive me? Oh, glory. And God gets the glory from that. So being a unifying church member is hard work. But yet we are not left alone. We have the power of the Holy Spirit that will will emphasize the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is joy, love, gentleness, kindness, meekness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. And so when we walk in his spirit, we'll see the evidence in our lives. And it'll help us to be forgiving, caring patient with one another. 
If you have bowed your eyes closed, let us turn to God in prayer.